it's the best TV show It's had to stop But I say please don't go Oh no I hate to say goodbye To my Game of Thrones Oh no 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 Makes me cry to say goodbye to Game of Thrones Oh no 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 Makes me cry to say goodbye to Game of Thrones G'day and welcome to Krakencast. This is the oceanic branch of the Vassals of Kingsgrave's Game of Thrones review series. Today we'll be discussing episode 6 of season 8, entitled The Iron Throne. My name is Duncan, or Velcroist on the forums, and joining me today from America, we have Bing. Uh, this is your friend on the forums. David. David HHH on the forums. Abby. DC Mormon on the forums. And Kevin. Creepy and Uncle Kevin on the forums. <laughs> and Dana may be able to join us briefly later in the show. So thanks for coming on, guys. Uh, This is it. It took us eight years to get here, but we finally made it to the last episode of Game of Thrones. For better or for worse. (laughs) For better or worse. Um, So what what were you guys feeling when you finally pressed play on the episode yesterday? Well, tired because I'd worked a long day. But (laughs) I don't know. I was like weird. Like I kind of was stalling to start watching because it was like... Once it once it's there, once I watch it, it's over. And I mean, it's not over because we still have this community and we still have the books, you know, but it's tough, you know. Um, Amber posted a big thing to Facebook, like kind of reflecting on our community and how much she loved it and how how glad she was that it brought us into brought all of us and this into her lives and how different it's been. And then I posted something very similar right after just before I started watching because it's like it's the end of an era, but it's not for us, hopefully. (laughs) I saw a lot of that on Facebook and Twitter, just a lot of people feeling nostalgic about it and the and the way it's changed their lives which sounds silly in some ways but it's it's just such a big cultural event it's brought us into such a, an awesome community um there is a bit of uh, sadness maybe even if we're, we have complicated yeah. thoughts on the show but it is a show that is very much about speculation and anticipation and i, I really couldn't imagine mm-hmm. an ending and i guess that's the same with the yeah. books we've, we've we've been waiting for an ending for so long that it's almost hard to imagine it so it is there is right. a bit of uh, melancholy associated with it yeah it's been a community is what i will really get out of this um i mean i think duncan you and i are the only ones from back when this whole started cracking cast yeah the first season or oh, season four i think it was but the season four was, right yeah, yeah. was it four five years ago now oh my god <laughs> doesn't seem that long Jeez. ago I know it doesn't. And, I know, and, and yeah. a cracking cast was my very first VOK. So, <laughs> yeah, and uh, but, yeah, so so if, so if anything, that's worth being nostalgic for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it sort of felt like uh, the last day of camp as a kid, where like the <laughs> night before, like the night before, like see, episode five, that you know it was all the emotions and feeling like super. Um, I don't know, super emotional about episode five and strong opinions and all that. And then episode six was like the morning that you wake up and you have to clean and then like leave camp as a kid. And it ends up not being (laughs) kind of being a letdown. Yeah, I mean, I cried because it was like, I don't know, just felt so final. Like 
I, I, I'm a very emotional person, so it's easy to make me cry. But um, yeah, like I cried like during the second half of the episode just because it was like, oh, it's over. And like, yeah, there's still like the books and like the people that read the books and stuff. But like a lot of the um, community, I feel like will kind of disappear after this. Although I do have a lot of friends who are like, really looking forward to reading the books now because they were disappointed by the ending so i guess i can have people who to talk about the books with irl because i don't have anyone to talk about with them with irl um so yeah i mean it was like i'm really bad at finishing tv shows though so i was really proud of myself that i finished all eight seasons so that was um i don't know but yeah it was felt really final and sad yeah, there was a huge sense of finality to it. And I guess we've accumulated a lot of feelings about the show, some of it positive, some of it negative. But this really, a lot of it depended upon how they stuck the landing and whether we got like closure or resolution on a lot of that pent up, pent up emotion. Um, but yeah, let's, uh, let's talk about what we thought about the episode itself and give our lemon cake ratings. Um, David, would you like to go first? Oh, it's hard. Um I, I, I liked it. I feel like regardless of what you thought of last week's episode, almost everything that happened today seemed or this week seemed inevitable almost from what we had last week and, and at least probably the best you could hope for from it. So I think I think, you know, we can debate how good the season's been and whatever. But I think this last episode was really good. I thought I, w- I was happy with almost everything that happened. There wasn't too much that pissed me off. And I'm, I'm going to give it a four and a half. It was satisfying. Nice. Um, Bing, what did you think? Uh, it's, <laughs> oh, this is even harder to rate for me than last, epi- last week's episode because everything that happens in this episode is so contingent upon what happened on last week's episode. Right. My feelings towards everything that happened because it, at this point you can't. And last week's episode was sort of a crossing of the Rubicon moment. Like once you get to gotten once you did that, it's very hard for to go back and sort of try to review an episode like this, like as if any other episode in the rest of the series. Um, it is an ending. <laughs> it That's, is. There, there are things that got ended, um, I guess. So uh, maybe that, that that is good. Um, I have some very general complaints and about, I mean, on technical level, I don't know, two, three, it's, and again, but again, it's very hard for me to actually be able to just review an, this episode on its own without considering what it actually is, which is, this is the end of the series. And, and especially after what happened last week and just take this on its own without considering it on, uh, the context. Um, looks like Dana's just joined us. Hey, Dana. Hello. Hey. Can you stay long? Do you want to give your lemon cake ratings for the episode? I can stay for about 10 minutes, so I can, I give this one five out of five because explanation-wise is after last week's episode, which broke my brain, I feel like (laughs) I've had like a traumatic brain injury and I I can now watch the episode on the showrunner's level. So five out of five. (laughs) Um, now makes sense to you. Talk about yeah, talk about yeah. faint phrase, no. but yeah, I'll take yeah. it. So, but it's not like a five out of five for like on a season one episode or a season two. It's literally just last week broke me. So now, <laughs> who the fuck cares? Five out of five. Why not? Ugh. Put much effort into this as the showrunners did. Um, it's just, that's no, a I... five out of five. <laughs> Broken woman. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. I want to hear the broken uh, woman speech. <laughs> I cried, which I didn't expect, and it was just because Ghost got a pat, which is so yes. cute. It was like tears yes, running down my face. Yeah, and yep, like yep. the people that I view it with were just like, "Are you okay? Like, what is?" It? And I'm like, "He just got a pat. It's all I wanted all season, and it happened." <laughs> Absolutely. I feel just um, more angry after seeing that. <laughs> Uh, the best character this episode, best acted character, definitely Drogon, <laughs> somehow. <laughs> yeah, the animations yeah. of that dragon yeah. um, when he was staring down. I kind of, I'm still a little like, ugh, at the whole, it was Drogon burning down the Iron Throne and finally finishing what Danny never could because she could never not be a ruler. She always had to be queen. And Drogon's like, well, no, I am... Just like Bran is king, who the fuck cares really now? Why not? <laughs> Let's have an autonomous as a as a king. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> Bron as Master of Coin, ugh, who cares? Just who cares? It's over. The the band-aid's off. It's I can't <laughs> complain anymore. Uh, but I enjoyed parts. I'm happy it's over. And I don't think if this season had been better, I wouldn't be happy it's over. But I am happy it's over, and I think that says more to me. Like, Donna, I, I feel confident you can complain more, but <laughs> fortunately you don't have much time. But Yeah, I can bitch and moan forever about this, but you know, it's right. done. Mm-hmm. They shatter all over something I really enjoyed, and <laughs> yay, maybe it's five out of five because I don't need to watch another episode. Um, wow. Yeah. It's such a complicated critique. <laughs> so I know, right? It's like a roller coaster. <laughs> um. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Thanks, Dana. Uh, what did you think, Abby? Um, I mean... I think I gave it like a a three point five out of five. Like I was I was satisfied by the ending. Like it ended, I cried. I was like, wow, it's over. I'm okay with where some of the characters are. But then also, I was kind of like, why are the Starks literally ruling the world and everyone yep. is just okay with this? Like that sounds like a recipe for disaster. And then there were just some things that I was like know and some things that kind of made me laugh because I was like they just seemed so cheesy and I don't know so yeah it was I was satisfied but also a little bit let down I guess so a 3.5 and uh Kevin what did you think um 2.75 I mean so before I guess the episode divides in half Mm-hmm. With that scene where Tyrion stares at the camera in his jail cell for long enough to make you think your HBO now froze. Um, <laughs> um, I mean, really, I don't know if anyone else did, but like I was getting up to check it and and then finally his eyes moved. And I was like, OK, um, I mean, be- before that moment, it was not nearly enough dialogue because, of course, that's all that it's been this season is lots of long stares and. I mean, in a certain way, the plot makes sense if you fill in the blanks for them. But, you know, they missed on all the good dialogue they could have had. Like, I don't know. They finally mentioned Maester Aemon. But for some reason, John and Danny could never talk about that all season. Like, hey, you're a Targaryen. I'm a Targaryen. I know this. Other, I knew this other Targaryen. Kind of seems like it might have been relevant at some point. Um, you know, anyways, just the no dialogue thing until after after Danny's gone and then I mean the dialogue after that's kind of all after all the tensions out of it and they're deciding who's gonna be king and you know it's not really it's not really all that exciting okay 
Um, so I think I, I agree with Abby that I, I found it pretty satisfying um, despite itself. Uh, I have my ups and downs with the show, and I consider the latter seasons a pale imitations of the earlier seasons, but I thought this episode stuck the landing as well as it could, um, and it contains some incredible scenes, like really well shot, really well acted, and even well written. I guess well written because they had very little dialogue, but just they just worked so well for me. And I guess they worked well out of context more than in context. Like my problems with the episode are just problems with the, the season as a whole, uh, some of the scenes weren't necessarily earned, but they still kind of took my breath away um, on their own. And yes, as Dana said, the final shot with Ghost totally tugged at my heart heartstrings. So I'm kind of feeling nostalgic and a bit generous. So I'm just going to give it four lemon cakes. One thing that sort of that I didn't really enjoy was that I feel like they were trying to use the actors, especially Peter Dinklage, to act their way to act in a way to to sort of explain what happened like to basically use their use their superior acting to cover for their deficiencies in their writings if that makes sense um as in to give it more weight or what do you mean as yeah well to, to basically so basically the, the, i mean we, we'll probably get into that very soon but sort of using all the dialogues in between whether it's between Tyrion and John, and also Tyrion during the sort of weird council thing in Madrigger to explain what happened, to explain things that they never could for the, the past two seasons. Yeah, I think, I think I know what you mean, and I think we can talk a bit about that uh, when we get to yeah. that scene for sure. Um, but I think Dana can only stay a little bit longer. Did you have any other points you wanted to make before you go, Dana? Yeah, and this is all on like the last 20 minutes. Um, what the hell is with that little parliament scene that is so heavily weighted to the north that how is that okay? Yay for Sansa going last and being like, yeah, no, nah, the north's not part of this. Everyone yeah. else's face is like, oh, God, we should have done that. Done. <laughs> uh, I booed at yeah. Samwell the first time when he was like democracy. Uh, when it comes to like the final scenes, I <laughs> really, really wanted Brienne to write like after like, the queen part just be like has tiny dick is sit shit in the sack like just something like that the groan over the song of ice and fire book was yeah. so loud i had to pause it so i could continue groaning that's the yay name for of the being... <laughs> yay for the... <laughs> it was just like so eye-rolly bad uh love sands being queen crowned queen hated her crown hated it um and yay for John just going north and not going back. He's like, yeah, I'll go to the Night's Watch, whatevs. Um, I liked that. I liked that the Wildlings were like old children, it, like mostly children. It, it felt like a new generation, a new ending. But mm. yeah, that's all I... Yeah. God, the crown was atrocious. I really wanted her to like be crowned with like, you know, the copper rune circlet the with, the iron, with the iron swords. And no, it was so shitty. It's different from Bob's crown, right? Mm. Maybe they're trying to call it a good. less martial kind of uh, iconography. Mm. Maybe. The crown. But it was so pathetic. It was such a southern crown on a northern queen. Ugh. But yeah, that's all I got. And now I have to get to work. So I okay. look forward to listening to this. Well, thank you, Dana. And I'm so sad this Bye, is the last freaking cast in this way. Yeah, well, we're glad you could make it, even for a little bit. Last Kraken cast. Yeah, love you all. all right. Yay for Krakens. What's Dead May Never Die? Go Krakens. <laughs> what is Dead May Never Die? Unless Jamie dead kills it. Never die. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, those are our lemon cakes. Um, so let's get into the main episode. So we'll go scene by scene. 
And um, we start the episode with Team Danny sullenly wandering through the charred ruins of King's Landing. Tyrion finds his siblings buried under fallen bricks, while Jon witnesses Lannister prisoners being executed. The new queen emerges from the Red Keep, which is draped with enormous dragon banners and surrounded by troops in formation. She congratulates them on their triumph and gives a rousing speech about the enemies they will eradicate, the states they will liberate, and the thousand-year empire they will erect. In a nearby house, a dog takes a sip of coffee and mutters about how fine all of this is. Uh, but, but Tyrion totally mean girls Danny in front of everyone, call, calling her a straight-up psycho yeah. and dramatically hurling his pin down the steps. Danny has her goons drag him off to a dungeon. So this is the aftermath of the shock decision from last episode. Uh, very grim scenes of the sort of casualties of war and people wandering with rotting skin down the streets of King's Landing, people weeping, crushed bodies, burnt corpses. Uh, how did it hit you? What do you think? It, it, it did what it needed to do. It was building up the, you know, master villain, Danny. You know, she had to give her evil queen speech. You know, um, I don't I don't know where all these like Dothraki suddenly came from that were out That's there. Supposedly, you know, they were all supposedly most of them were wiped out and there were a few left. And now there's suddenly like thousands of them jumping around on their horses doing nothing. But yeah, it's a bit <laughs> confusing because yeah. we it seemed to suggest that the entire horde charged at the army of the dead. And then you see all their lights go out. But I mean, I right. guess technically they may have survived and circled back in some way. But it's yeah, it is kind of confusing. And they even said it more. after the episode. <laughs> yeah. Did they? Yeah, Did that, they say they were all yeah dead? that yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, okay. and that that after the episode is just a recipe to get mad because literally, I think it's Weiss said, um, "You're watching the end of the Dothraki people." Right. And that's <laughs> well, apparently that is the justification not for her freaking off and ta- freaking out and taking off on Drogon. That was her justification back then, and uh, okay. well, I guess not. That doesn't make <laughs> sense case. then, unless she's literally still transporting Dothraki over the narrow sea. <laughs> More coming. They're all there's lots of boats. Yeah. In her uh, evil queen speech, she did refer to them all as uh, unsullied, which kind of ticked me off because i was like there's obviously dothraki there but um (laughs) right yeah i I guess danny thinks they're all unsullied now they're extremely sullied (laughs) right i want to see someone try to rip off a dothraki dick okay i don't think that's happening (laughs) um okay i felt like all the characters were way too nice to danny like they no (laughs) one brought up the fact that the city surrendered and then she just went ham I, i they were like you slaughtered thousands, but they weren't like, uh, you didn't have to kill everyone. It was just, I felt like everyone was too nice to her. I don't think they were being nice. I think they were terrified of her. Okay, but no one called her out. Like, they were, they were like skirting well, around. They, they, they called her burn. out. For, like, <laughs> you'd burn if you called her out. <laughs> okay, but Tyrion called her out, and then he didn't and, go all the way, though. He didn't go all the way, though. He was just, he was just like, you slaughtered the city, but he didn't say, like, you didn't have to because it'd be one thing if she killed the whole city and like the city hadn't surrendered. Yeah. But the city had surrendered and no one brought that up and that just pissed me off. I don't know why. I just Yeah, but I don't think it needs to be said. I think, I think it's, it's like obvious yeah. that she knows that. She knows they surrendered. Right. And Tyrion had counseled her beforehand and she deliberately ignored his counsels. He's basically like, you know, this is it. I think it was a more I, I powerful know. gesture to throw away the uh, She shows the very pin. little awareness of anything in general yeah. other than her own glory. Yeah. Which, I don't know, it, this is... Danny as a character... Well, I mean, we've already talked about how all the problems with Danny as a character this last season. Um, it's, it's just... 
I can't get into her head. One thing I, I kept getting weirded out by is, okay, so did she actually kill everyone in the city? Because there seem to be, like, there are these random, like, these random Lannister army people who aren't dead, who they then kill, you know, who, who of course, you know, Grey Worm playing evil master kills them all. And, like, so I, I'm not clear, like, so wait, how did these soldiers stay alive, but all the small folk are dead? Well, so, I, I mean... Guess. I guess she just unleashed flame all over the city. She didn't necessarily kill every single person within it. If you know the you, Blitz of London, people still survive. Right, it. but did they ever show like any survivors of small folk? Well, I mean, they I showed they a city at all, even being, one. They showed a city being back very soon, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> in, in a, in a yeah, few months, which is also weird. Yeah, yeah. Well, and they showed that guy at the beginning that was doing like the slow walk that looked like one of the zombies in Ocarina of Time. There was one, yeah. And 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 the other thing that bothered me in this parsh here. Because I think we skipped the part also of um, Tyrion going and finding their bodies, Jamie and Cersei's bodies. Yeah, I thought this was and really, really powerful. I thought Dinklage's acting was great. It was an amazing scene, except that it made no sense because, wait a minute, okay. No one in their entire army thought, hey, maybe we should make sure this queen we've been trying to kill is actually dead. Like, no one went searching for the body except Tyrion, who just happens to wander into it. It made no sense whatsoever, but it was such a powerful scene that I'll actually forgive it because it I mean, was good. It's great. But, but I mean, right? I mean, but well, I mean, Tyrion says, I want to go alone into the Red Keep. So the Red Keep has been decimated. John offers to let soldiers go with him. He says he wants to go alone. So I think it makes sense that he's the one that finds the queen's body. Shouldn't they have already been there? But in any case... Well, fine. they're just entering the city <laughs> um, now. They retreated from the city. Now they're re-entering it. Didn't episode five show the Red Keep entirely getting knocked down? Like, like didn't it show it just completely getting taken all the way to the ground? And then half of it was still up. And, like, you see the ruins falling on Jamie and Cersei that are... Or not the ruins, but, like, the foundation completely collapsing on them. And yet somehow... There's just a few yeah. rocks on top. I'm with you. It's a, uh, it's right. a bit confusing whether it's the entire Red Keep or whether it's like spires of the Red Keep, like the Tower of the Hand or something. Right. It's kind of whatever they need for the moment of the scene. Yeah. But that's... yeah. Again, it's, it's like an <laughs> operatic logic rather than an actual logic. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, I don't understand how castles work still. So like it, you know, like whatever the Red Keep was, whatever to me, I wasn't really paying attention because like. I don't. I don't understand how medieval things function really that well, like structures. But um, the the uh, everyone still being people still being alive in the city seems logical to me, just because Danny kind of burned through the streets. But I, I don't think she actually would have been like. I, it just like logically makes sense that she wasn't capable of burning down the entire city because that would be a lot of just land to cover. I feel so. I don't know. Yeah, it's a massive city. She burnt parts of it, but I'm sure some people survived or were only injured. Um, but uh, any thoughts on the very Nazi-esque speech that Danny gives <laughs> about taking over the world? And just a lot of the shots were very, uh, very sinister right. and, and whatnot. Mm -hmm. It's very, uh, I don't know. I don't know what they're trying to go for by making the Dothraki and the Unsullied the, the audience to this. Like mm -hmm. and and like I mean, like you said, it 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 it's presented like a like a Nazi rally, except mm -hmm. the people who are there are usually are you know I don't know. It was for the, the troops. show has the one, well, but the show has huge problems with with race and gender and all these things. And at the end of the day, they still don't care. So okay, sure. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, it was I weird. Mean, like a lot of the characters exchanging cautious glances as all these horsemen like, and unsullied. Yeah, she's speaking in a very scarily in a foreign language. It had that very like mm-hmm. um, right. unnerving feel. Like we've been invaded or something like that. What have we done? Yeah, the show has never given any but any unsullied besides Grey Warren any character. So, okay, right. so whatever. Like, do the Dothraki just doesn't care? And then it's like, yeah, we murdered a bunch of people. We burned them to the ground. And then we see a bunch of burned charred corpses and half corpses one all over the street. Is that fun to them? Like, yeah. don't they have feelings <laughs> as well? Yeah, I mean, it, it sort of codes these uh, foreign others as evil and savage and whatnot, which is really mm-hmm. problematic. But I think the show makes it clear that it was Danny's decision to do this. She was the one that kind of unleashed this horror onto the city. And yes. Grey Worm. And Grey Worm to some extent, too. I mean, yeah, he, yeah, she may have true. made the call, but he was very happy to follow it and right. is following it very enthusiastically now, even if there's any chance it could be wrong. He's not even thinking about it. He's like, yeah, yeah, we're just going to kill him. That's my yeah, job. He, okay. he's the, there's like a bloodthirstiness to Grey Worm that we haven't seen before. And I guess we can interpret no. it as like his anger over what happened to Missande, but it does feel very much out of his character compared to his journey yeah. through the yeah. show so far. as kind of learning to reclaim his selfhood and his self-agency and self-respect and things like that. This is a sort yeah. of a, a dark turn. Mm-hmm. And the whole speech is really weird because she's talking on and on about how we're going to liberate people. We're going to liberate people like um, you actually kill all the people you were liberating. So who exactly did you liberate? You know, we're going to liberate all these other places that don't even need to be liberated. Um, do the Summer Isles really need liberating? I don't know. <laughs> I know what they were going for and it and it was fine. They were going for, you know, cross between Nazi and like, you know, bad Disney villain. And, and it and it worked, I guess. But. And you know, no, it still didn't weird. work to me. I, I, was I think it's a complete. I think it's a complete failure of a scene to show to 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 reflect on Danny in any sense whatsoever. Because I just feel even worse about the the turn it took for her. Yeah, like it it's seems just, too extreme. Yeah. One thing though, I will say that I you know for all the people who felt that it was too extreme a turn, I like that they specifically. She specifically quoted one of some of her earlier speeches when she said, I told you know, I told you we would burn the men in their suits. We would burn them in their in their houses of stone or whatever it was and all that. Like for all that we say, oh, this is, you know, un, you know, it, it, it wasn't earned and all that. She has been saying that she was going to do this for years and she they even quote her speech. The context so, of which she made those speeches were different true. back when she was saying those. But she still said it. She still said it, and we cheered her on, which is, I think... So what? She said it. I mean, when she said it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, she she said she would... She was talking pretty specifically about the usurper's dogs in those scenes, I thought. Um, And then she since learned that she likes most of the usurper's dog's children, and she gets along with them and their allies. Yeah. Um, She did say she'd burn their cities to the ground. Well, she said... uh, But when did she say that? she said that outside of Karth when she was literally throwing everything she could against the wall to get them to let, yeah. let them in the city or they were going to die. She tried being nice. She tried. I mean, she was trying everything she could. So she just went she just went that route to see if she could get someone's attention. So, I mean, that was the main time that she said that line. I don't, I don't know. It's just, I don't, the, there's character progression development since then. Mm-hmm. And there's a bunch of things that have happened since then. Has changed the context, and then she's just back. But then now she's just reverting back. I don't know. This this character still doesn't make sense. She's she's 
the same thing as Broken Viserys at this point. She just has a lot more power. I mean, to me, yeah, the same same maybe. level of delusion. Like Viserys mm-hmm. was delusional to think he was a warrior and he could walk into Vaestothrak with a sword and that he could be the king of the Seven Kingdoms. Like that was complete delusion. And Danny is that same level, and that to me is not very satisfying. Like. Like even I don't think it was meant to be satisfying. That's the thing. What's not satisfying is it doesn't. There's no. There's no. You can. It's difficult to even justify that that character leap from right from who she was even just a few episodes ago back to see back just three episodes ago yeah. to where she is now. Yeah. Well, and, and even if she ends up, even if the her nature that she's born with the fire and blood wins out over the values she's choosing, which to me, I summarizes a queen belongs to her people. Like, even if it wins out, I don't want it to just be a, a this quick flip of the switch and a complete and total victory for fire and blood. Mm-hmm. Like that's why, that's why I say it's unsatisfying. Like it, I, I'm fine. If fire and blood wins out with her, it just needs to be a lot, a lot, a lot better than this. Well, I, I think George is going here as well, and I find that really exciting. Like, I find that tragic transformation for a character like Danny, who was so much fighting against this compulsion to just right. seize power through force and crush her enemies and rule through fear. Like, that's very much the conflict at her heart, and she feels that instinct within her to punish people who hurt the innocent with a righteous, very violent rage. You know, we've seen her capable or punish of people that. who hurt her. In, in and and. You know, being and sort of having a a sympathy with the victims because she has felt victimized herself. Like we definitely see that in the show and in the books. But I guess right. the conflict for me is like I actually do find this scene really powerful, but it doesn't come from anything organic. Like it, it, this should be yeah. the end of a long, mm-hmm. intense right. transformation, like a season, I, two seasons of her transforming into this mindset. Two, one or two episodes, it's too much whiplash. It just feels too unearned but again like i've kind of just accepted that this is her transformation so i just right. i just felt i just found the scene powerful but i can totally understand if people didn't right i guess for me it's more a matter of i feel like we i, I think the point that they're making is that she has been saying this stuff for years and we can play all that we want that well she said it, it was the bad people and whatever but i mean we have been forgiving all of the awful things danny has done for years and i think that's the point that at least george hopefully will be making is that every time she said i will take what is mine with fire and blood not i'll help the poor but i will take what is mine with i will burn their cities we will burn them in their suits and in their all these things she said we always steered her on she burned you know all sorts of people all through the seasons and maybe that's our fault i I think that's all i'm saying so book leaving the book aside i think if that's the point that showrunners are trying to make which i think they are I think it's mm-hmm. completely disingenuous of them to make that point the way they did, because those scenes back then they were they were not portrayed in a way. The disingenuous part is being they they were trying to create illicit emotions back then in those scenes to 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 make us support Danny, whereas exactly. and if they want us to then reconsider all those individual scenes again in different contexts, well they need to do a lot more work than they than what they did Fair in enough. this season. To, That's to, fair. To, to be able to make that point, and I and so the so this is this is not on us. This is on them. This is their failure. This is not our failure. I think Tyrion makes an adjacent point that people were kind of cheering a lot of her previous, right. you know, fire and blood actions in the right. past, but that in turn 
kind of rationalize future actions that that exactly. she had validation from people that these were good and things I feel that like she knew what was right and she knew how to overcome the forces of evil and i feel like they're sticking that those words into interior's mouths to help justify their own bad writing well i mean it, they they probably don't see it as bad writing <laughs> even if we Obviously. that's well, their that's their point do, they're just they're sure. just making explicit I mean, what they right. thought was implicit in their writing mm-hmm. right i guess i mean they stick this point adjacent to something like emancipation of slave again of slavery of of liber- of liberating people of specific races or from from the oppression of uh, people of other races and again and this is and this is even more to the show than than than, than, than to, to 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 the books because in the show they specifically colored the people right. who, who are suppressed and people who are doing suppressing in the way that speak to very much to american history in a, in a way that's much more explicit than than it is in george r, r. martin's books Mm-hmm. And the fact that they 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 wanted then to, to flip that around, you need to do a lot more work. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're, not even denying, we're not denying they yeah. need to do some more work. That's that's not a debate any of us are having. No one's arguing they didn't have to do more work. Yeah. I'm just saying that I, it didn't come out of nowhere. That's all. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. the Dramatic. moral the moral dilemmas of a lot of Danny's previous decisions are definitely in the show. But there's like the leap to you know equating liberation with killing people and the leap from protecting the innocent to burning the innocent seems too great. It's like they've done a little bit of the groundwork, but then they've jumped to this completely different character. And also Mm -hmm. they've um, denied us an insight into that character. Like Danny from the, for the entire Mm -hmm. series has been a point of view character. We've had an insight into her um, psychological workings, understood the process of some of her decisions and we haven't for the last few episodes in which these really crucial decisions are being made. But we get no insight because they don't actually have reasons for the decisions. So for me, again, sorry for keep going on and on about this and sort of being, a, I don't know, a bit abrasive about this specific point. But I feel like this is, if, if Game of Thrones is going to have a, like a one central, one big message one big thematic idea, and I, I know that the show runners themselves think theme, like themes are for whatever um, that they don't care about that. But if the show is going to have any sort of message, this is the absolute pivotal scene in which they deliver it, and I feel like they absolutely flus- completely flub that. And which means I don't know, I don't know. It does. It really, I don't know. It cheapens a lot of the sort of what I have watched for the past seven, eight years, more than almost anything else. Yeah, and I mean, I don't necessarily, I don't disagree that Danny can get there. I think my issue is I don't like this idea that this is where she was headed all along. Right. And I, and I don't, I mean, yeah, that like, I, I think that her severity in prior seasons is explainable and that she is, for most of her art, she does seem like she's genuinely concerned about creating a better world, even if there is some hypocrisy there. And that is, that is so. To say that inevitably leads to where she ended up, and that that was, yeah, you know, I guess that's that's what has bothered me about about the discussion around this is this discussion, you know, that because she said these things early on, that that meant that she was headed there eventually, and it's like, no, that her character's always been about this struggle. I mean, I yeah. think there is something frightening and compelling about a character who wants to make a utopia and is so sure that they're right, like that is fertile ground mm-hmm. for horrible things to occur um and yes she has struggles about the ways of ruling but 
you know, she has mantras like, if I look back, I'm lost, where she's like so convinced that she has a destiny and she has a destiny to greatness and she has dragons. Therefore, she has some kind of divine right to take charge over the world and and how it's run. And and she's so young, I guess, that she um, is kind of naive in a way that maybe she doesn't fully understand the consequences of her actions. And she's treated as a god and a savior by so many people that she starts to believe it. So mm-hmm. I think those are all interesting ingredients for a really tragic arc. Um, and I don't know, I think it's there is power of the way it was done in the show, but I think it failed in a lot of ways. So I don't know, I'm sort of in mm-hmm. two minds about yep. how they handled it. But I don't think it's, um, yeah, I don't know. I, uh, I don't think it's entirely unearned, but it just seemed really right. rushed. It's um, you know what? It's, it's the very thing messy. I'm curious. I'll be, I, I, you know, I wonder. There was tons of anger all over the world around the last episode. You know, people were really pissed on this turn, and I wonder if, let's say, we had an extra season, and let's say we had better writers, and let's say they had completely earned Danny's turning. I still feel like 90% of the people who are really pissed off would still have been pissed off completely earned. We may not have been, but we're, again, not typical. I don't know. know So many people would be pissed anyways because she's a hero and she went bad. And I think people would have been pissed off about it. I don't don't think I I completely agree with that because I feel like – so, for example, things like The Red Wedding, which is a huge – shocking mm-hmm. turn how did people like not people like us but how did the general public re- react to that but remember they thought there would still be a revenge moment and we'd get our hit we'll get a happy ending out of it which is like, i think they? people did think i think they thought that i mean whether you yeah. know i, I mean I, mean, I, I don't i don't talk to like cash that's what we expect from tv something awful happens there'll be a comeuppance you know uh, what do people expect from tv anymore tv is so different now um, true uh, but like I feel like if they so if they have properly developed this whole arc, the people will be able to there will be enough context for people to see each individual individual moment of her making choices that lead her to certain directions. It's not so much hating it to completely not buying it. Yeah. I feel like for most people the problem is they're not even buying it. And I think what's crucial to that is that we are inside the character's head. Like um yeah. right. Breaking right. Bad's a really good example of that where we're so closely aligned with the character's struggles and prejudices yeah. and experiences and how all of their decisions are gradually rationalized that we don't even that the the transformation from good guy to bad guy is so gradual that we're almost on board with them far longer than we should be like it should almost yeah. it should be a struggle we should see the struggle in danny about what she should do what's what's right what's wrong what's justified what's not mm-hmm. but we're completely disconnected to her um in those last few episodes and it feels really jarring and i think people are really sad uh, people are really put off by not just the decision but the fact that they no longer recognize this character and even amelia clark said she was really conflicted about this change and the fact that she was so invested in this character and she had gone down such a different such a drastically different path that that she i don't know couldn't sign off on it in a way or didn't didn't feel felt betrayed in a way by it, or at least that's some of the subtext of some of the interviews she's given where she, I think she talks about walking around New York in a haze and, and ringing up her family and saying, do you think Danny's a good person and things like that? So Amelia Clark did not know, like this was her character's um, path mm-hmm. from the beginning. Okay. Cause I feel like that is also really um, 
crucial because I, I think of um like Harry Potter where uh even though the last book hadn't come out J.K. Rowling told uh, Alan Rickman the motivation behind yeah. Snape and so he was able to to act I don't know I just feel like knowing your character's motivation or not motivation but um I guess mo- no Dennis isn't motivation but more psyche I guess so mm-hmm. I, I don't know I feel like that although that would be a big secret to have to carry around for eight years I guess but um right I, I do feel like she was done a disservice then by not really knowing mm-hmm. um, the full extent of her character's um, psyche. One of the things she did say in some of the re- in the interviews is that there were moments like in previous seasons and previous episodes where she read it one way and then the director said, wait, could you read it this way? And she wasn't really sure why, but they told her to do this. And now in reflection, it all makes sense that this is what they were going for. And I I don't even know what those moments are. It'll be interesting, you know, if I ever, when I rewatch to try to find what those were, but there were little bits they were trying to hint at previously that, that that now knowing why that makes sense. So yeah, it's just like, a well, little thing I read. Yeah. Just it's a little different from the well, Snape, like, Snape example because I guess Snape was doing that the whole time, whereas Danny didn't necessarily know what her final decision would be until she made it. Right. But um, but I think that that seems to be a reoccurring problem with some of the actors not knowing the full extent right. of their character's motivations. Uh, the the actor who played Stannis said he also felt very disoriented and unsure of what his character was or how what role he was playing in the story. Oh, I feel like well, the showrunners priorities were wrong in that sense in that they feel like they they they, they put much more stock in shocking people and making sure spoilers don't get out hmm. over just having the actors and I, because like we Emily Coulthard got criticized for her acting throughout this entire show a lot of by us in, in in these podcasts and I feel like she has she has been done a great disservice because of that because if, if she's just getting inconsistent direction throughout this entire show about where her character is, and, she, and that she ultimately doesn't even, even wasn't even explained who she who she's acting, then I feel like that's on the show runners, not on her. Yeah, I'll be interested yeah. to see where George goes with her in the books in the next ones. Like, you know, will we get some hints of this or not? I don't know. I'll be curious. Okay. How does she deal with the Thraki? We should probably move on from this. We, we better move on. It's, it's a good discussion. discussion. Yeah. It's a good discussion. No, it is good. It is the final episode. And an so important one. It and it's like kind of the crucial discussion of the whole episode, really. For sure, yeah. And, <laughs> and, probably, the most, and probably the one most controversial one. Right. <laughs> But uh, let's move on to the next couple of scenes. Uh, so John visits Tyrion in his cell, who is bemoaning all of the "I told you so" pie he's going to have to eat from berries in the afterlife. John can't bring himself to turn against Daenerys, citing Aemon's "Love is the death of duty" quote. But uh, Tyrion, stone cold genius to the end, flips the quote upside down. Um, John finds Danny in the throne room, complaining about how much better the book version of the Iron Throne is. They smooch, and she wonders if there's a dagger in his pocket or if he's just happy to see her. Turns out it's the former. John stabs Danny and then frames the Iron Throne, planting the murder weapon. Drogon subtly burns the throne into a single ball of metal, metal Play-Doh, scoops up the queen, and pieces out of the city and out of the series. Um, so do we want to talk about the first scene with Tyrion and John? Any thoughts on that in the cell? Acting's really good. Yeah, the acting this whole episode I was really impressed with. <laughs> it's their last chance. They better get it. <laughs> yeah, this is all the Emmy Real stuff. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yep. I'll say this. I, I, I cannot stand Peter Dinklage's like little breathy, serious voice he does sometimes. Yeah. Like, I actually like that. Know? Oh, I can't stand it. It's so fake. Oh, it's awful. Yeah. Oh, gosh. I've, 
Yeah, I, I totally agree. Every time Tyrion opens his mouth and says something in that voice, uh, she sounds so pretentious, starts crazy. You have like that, that power, John. It sounds like he's Tyrion's trying to channel the Goonies. I think it's interesting that Tyrion and both Arya and Tyrion realize that the one way they're going to convince John is by saying that Sansa and Arya will be in danger. <laughs> it's it's the one move that works for both of them, kind of. So particularly Tyrion, that's ultimately what does. Yeah, and I guess it goes to that like love and duty dilemma with John. Mm-hmm. That, yes, in some sense he loves Danny and he believes her in her as a queen, and he can't accept the fact that she might be a monster. But also he loves his sisters. Um, right. And is he going to support his queen over his sisters? Like surely that that blood runs even thicker. Um, and it also reflects Ned's dilemma, I guess, in the cells. I think Varys says a similar thing about Sansa and Arya. You know, you may be honorable, but how honorable are you going to be if your daughters are in danger? Something to that effect. Yeah. Which I did think was kind of cool because Tyrion, sort of that whole conversation, in a lot of ways, he feels like he's honoring Varys with that conversation. And so that he sort of put the same dilemma before John and allowed John to to choose the right thing over the quote unquote honorable thing. Mm. Um, I thought that was, that was powerful and cool. So sorry. I think I might've been breathing loud. It's uh, we've entered the witching hour for the German shepherd. So she's running around <laughs> doing okay. stuff. That's okay. It's a just, wolf just trying to catch her. Yeah. <laughs> she's so happy that ghost got a good ending after being <laughs> right? so upset the all? last couple weeks. Um, aren't we all <laughs> i love Tyrion. had one great line there which is i loved her too not as successfully as you <laughs> i love that line <laughs> i mean he was hitting her navel when they made love so <laughs> maybe he wasn't that successful either <laughs> and, and what's up with drogon sniffing john that was just weird I, I don't know what they were trying to go with for that i think he was like her guard and he sniffed any people that approached her to see if they were friend or foe and he recognized john as a friend <laughs> either because he knew him or because he knew he was a targaryen oh fuck that up didn't he <laughs> yeah drogon worst worst guard dog ever <laughs> uh, maybe drogon wanted this to happen Ooh, maybe dun, dun, dun. <laughs> smelled his murderous intent there you go maybe he was like you know what she's been pushing this crap for this throne forever enough already <laughs> In fact, he burns it afterwards. Like, fuck this throne. I'm done with this shit. <laughs> uh, that was weird. Suddenly, Drogon has a character. I know, right? And like, well, remember, knows that Thrones is bad, and so he burns it. Well, remember that theory well, no, that no, uh, it was... Sarah brought up last week was of how, like, maybe you know, maybe the dragons are somewhat causing the mood, like in their sort of reverse warging with their with their rider. Right. I think it makes sense that Drogon as a character. We've watched him grow mm-hmm. up. I mean, yeah. Just wish they showed that character a lot more. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah. So to give a weird history explanation too, the Iron Throne was made by Dragonfire. So maybe right. maybe there was something It could be unmade, something yes. about that. He could Yeah, maybe he recognized that and that's why he burned it. So Yeah. No, he saw the made future. The- he knew that Br- Bran didn't need a throne because he already had one. So he was just <laughs> clearing the space. No, yeah the wheelchair (laughs) (laughs) making a ramp yeah (laughs) yeah that was uh that was a during those final few scenes that was a a pretty common refrain with my friends and i and me was um like how is brand getting down here like they they don't show enough people (laughs) to have carried him like let's get to that later i I thought the whole scene with them in the throne room was absolutely beautiful like watching drogon emerge from that pile of ash them coming together 
Danny likes because she's super cold and sinister the first part of the episode and you don't see her for so long and the first time you do see her she's looming up this huge incline like this just fascist dictator she's larger than life she's like this evil god, mad god kind of thing but here she's actually quite vulnerable she sees John as like a friend and a confidant and she's quite like sort of personal with him she approaches him they hug they kiss blah 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 and she's sort of trying to judge like this is the first time that her actions right. are right. pointed out or judged she says you know I saw burnt children in the in the streets he calls her out and she you know Mm -hmm. there is a bit of a reaction there she isn't completely gone but um she's so hell-bent on creating this utopia and all that Mm -hmm. you know she says something like you know we can change the world we can do it and then john's like what if other people want to change the world a different way and she's like well they don't get a choice so it's really to to me it's great drama like this whole whole scene is great writing great acting beautifully shot amazing imagery very operatic like this isn't again i keep saying this isn't working on any kind of normal logic this is pure opera you know Mm -hmm. drama shakespeare kind of stuff They embrace, I mean, you hear the knife slashing. It's like, yeah, this was all so, so effective to me. Right. And, and can't you wow. just see in his eyes, he's like begging her, please don't make me do this. Don't make me do this. Yeah. I, I Give me a reason. Show me the Danny I fell in love with, even if we don't believe it. You know, show me a reason not to kill you. Please yeah. don't make me. And, and then like, it seemed like when she finally says, when he says, well, what about the others who want to choose? He said, they don't get to choose. And it seems like that's the moment. Although, I, here's a question I have for you all. He says, you're my queen now and always. At that moment, I really thought like, oh, fuck, he's going over to the dark side too here. Mm. He was gonna, but he just can't do it. Like, I thought, have we lost him now? And now, like, Arya's gonna have to come in and kill them both or something. And then then he stabs her. And I was like, oh, good. Thank you. I was like, surprised. Would, did any of you buy yeah. it? I, I was surprised. No. Like, I thought maybe he had been stabbed. Like, she recognized him as a threat mm-hmm. to the Iron Throne and was putting him mm-hmm. down. And it was only halfway through the episode, so I thought she might not die until the very end. Right, right, right. So I was right. shocked. Isn't that the line that uh, Theon says to Rob, and then like Theon betrays Rob? So I guess there you go. <laughs> right. Which line? John equals Theon confirmed. Yeah. He goes Which like, line? I think it was like you're my brother. No, it's okay, like the, the you're my brother now and always or something. Yeah. I think. Yeah. When he mm-hmm. calls him the king in the north. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Such a good scene, David. On your to go back to nitpicking for a second. So they take John's sword and his weapons when he goes to talk to Tyrion, but not when he goes to the queen. That's all. <laughs> there's no guard. There's only Drogon. Right. Yeah. Should have patted him down. Oh, yeah. yeah, no, I did laugh when uh, Drogon, like, picked Danny up, though. I thought that was so cheesy. He just, like, picked her up and, like, flew away. I thought, Ooh, I was yeah. just like, this is ridiculous. Like, at first, I liked him, like, whining over her and, like, oh, no, and, like, tag, like tapping her, like, wait, you're not really dead, are you? What, what, what? That part I really liked, and that was effective. And then, like, when he picked her up and flew away, I was like, oh, that's weird. Why is yeah. it weird? I don't know. Why would he pick her pick her up, take her? Where's he taking her? I don't I think he just wants to take her somewhere to be alone or something. I don't know. Like, it's... She know. wants to... He wants to eat her. No, maybe I like think in so. Fire and Blood. No, no. Maybe like kidding. in Fire and Blood, he's going to take her to Valeria and see if those like worms can bring her back to life or something. <laughs> I think he's just going to take her I to a mountain like or somewhere and I don't know, play, put mm-hmm. put it to rest. I just feel like they're projecting too much uh, human rationality onto the dragon. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> was it too much though? Um, so like to finally to speak on the sort of the interactions between the characters, I think one thing that t- took me out of all of this is that at the end of the day. I just don't buy John and Danny's relationship still. 
Okay. Uh, or, I don't in general, think, but I did in yeah. this scene. Like, I yes, there exactly. was a genuine. Yeah, I guess the acting was really good. That's what I was. I will say the the actors did their best. I mean, and I feel like the actors did their best throughout this entire yeah like, it's, last two seasons it's, to it's like make I said, this it's, work. It's like an amazing payoff to a lackluster building. Right, right, right. Right. Well, that's kind of why I was saying, like, no matter what you thought of last episode, this, I think, worked. And everything from here on. It was the same with Tyrion and Jon. It's like, they don't have, right. they, they haven't, they've barely shared a scene together. This is like the end of this yeah. sort of great the first friendship season. or this great relationship that we haven't actually well, seen. The, the first season. Well, the first, did. the first season. Right. right. Yeah, I, I, know, I know. Even with his comment of, like, <laughs> I want to piss off the wall again, remember, like, piss off. Yeah, with Tyrion and Jon at Easter's that first season. I think, I think the problem, again, is it's not even, it's Jon and... Danny and even Tyrion and Danny. And I feel like those relationships haven't been really developed to any clear point. I've, I feel like Danny has barely tolerated Tyrion's existence since, since going all the way back to season six, right? Mm-hmm. Season six? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and, but so I don't know why he was so dedicated to her up to this point. And John and Danny, I mean, I think we said enough about that. Yeah. Well, it's just, it's all the conversations that they didn't have for me. Yeah, that's that's more I keep thinking about it. It's like Tyrion mentioned why Jamie killed Ares, but then when she meets Jamie, she talks about what Viserys wanted to do to Jamie. And that doesn't come up. And and like initially in the moment I understood it, but as seeing where Danny's arc went, it does annoy me that it didn't come up. Um, that why you know, why Jamie killed Ares. And then, and then, you know, like I mentioned, Maester Amon, that I don't know how one of the first things after John reveals his identity to Danny, I don't know how they don't have that conversation of that she was the second Targaryen he ever met. And here's all yeah. of the wisdom here. You know, here it seems like something you tell someone, you know, like he yeah. one of the first things he tells Jorah is that he really admired Gior, you know, like. That just seems like something you talk to someone, or and Tyrion did that too with Jorah. Like it just seems like the thing you naturally talk about, and it's really important to the plot, and it's well, advice also, that like, turns out really would have mattered, and just yeah. no one talked about it. Well, also, Aemon was an example of a Targaryen who who was had more of a claim over the, the one who became the king, and instead he just gave it up. Right. That might be yeah. interesting to talk about with the dynamic between Danny and 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 John. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Am I the only one who was surprised that they kind of basically ended the main story, like not even halfway through the episode, which which I guess works because we needed to have like an epilogue and more like what's going to happen in the future. But I was still as it was happening where like, you know, not even th- was what, like 30 minutes in. And I was like, oh, yeah. he just killed her. Damn. <laughs> like, I, I guess it's over. <laughs> I think it was like half, climatic. It was like halfway through. It didn't, didn't feel rushed to me, though. Like, I don't know what nope. more they would have done yeah, in that within that space. Yeah. It's a surprise. Yeah, I mean, it was really John's decision because no one else would have gotten near Danny with a weapon. Um, I don't know that you needed to show a ton of that. And this is more character than John has had in like three seasons. This this one ethical <laughs> dilemma. Like, I, yep. I, like if this happens in the books, like as as a fan of John Snow in the books, I can't wait to see this whole thing play out because that is really devastating. And I genuinely think Kit Harrington as 
rough as his acting can be, a lot of the time I think he did really well in kind of grappling between love and duty and loyalty and but also the horror of experiencing the the sacking of King's Landing and yeah, it was all really well played out in his face during that scene, I thought. Would it kill him to smile a little bit though? Like, it would. It actually didn't would. even well, smile at here? the end. Okay, here? Okay, but, okay, but he's, <laughs> he's killing her. I just I, the whole episode at the end. I was just like waiting for him to smile. <laughs> Jesus Christ, he's so sad. He's a sullen bastard. Well, I mean, yeah, it obviously seemed to pretty hit him pretty hard. Like I mean, everyone, you, it's, it was you, weird because everyone else was kind of joking at the council, whereas he's the one character who's kind of carrying this really heavy, heavy baggage at the end. It seemed. Well, given where he ends up, it yeah. makes sense. But <laughs> he's been effectively, basically in prison all this time. So. Right, right, yeah. Speaking of which, should we move to that? Or? Yeah. Uh, if there's nothing more to say on the throne room. So Tyrion is brought by Grey Worm to a council consisting of the only ten people left alive on the continent. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Grey Worm wants John dead, but Tyrion protests that only a king or queen can pass that sentence. Bereft of any suitable monarchs, the lords decide to vote one into power. Edmure slides his resume forward, which is promptly slid into the bin. Samwell makes a pitch for democracy, and everyone has a good chuckle. Finally, Tyrion suggests that they elect the creepy little kid from The Shining, and everyone's, everyone's like, yeah, whatever, let's just wrap this up. Uh, as a compromise between the Unsullied and the Westerosi, John is sentenced to serve with the Night's Watch. He says a tearful farewell to his siblings and sails away. Oh, so much. Robert Aaron had a glow up. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> a a and, what up? A glow up. It's like when you're not very cute as a young as a child, and then you get really attractive as oh. you're an adult. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, can I just say there were people on that council that I didn't know who they were. Like, okay, we know, oh, yeah. like yeah. Robert. Yeah, there was like there was the guy next to Robert Aaron who we've seen before, and I forget who he Robin. is, but he's the Lords, okay. right? And then there's like then there's like someone sitting next to him. Who's that? And there was like Yara and someone next to her. I don't know who that was. Like yeah. there were like three or four different people who I didn't know who they were. Never mind whoever the hell the Prince of Dorne is, who I'm just going to pretend is Quentin, because I wanted to be Quentin. But... No, he's a man-woody. You know, Ed... That's older from Quentin, though. I think that's a man-woody. That's no, a man-woody. Ed, Ed... It's a man-woody. I'm okay with when... that. That's a man-woody. I'm okay with that. Man-woody. No, when Edmure was talking, I kept expecting them to make a joke, being like, who the fuck are you? Because like, I didn't know who he was until like Sansa was like, no, uncle, sit down. I, I, I didn't get that he was actually putting himself up for it, but that actually makes sense, and that was funny. Either way, yeah. I love that he gets to be the last punching bag. So what is he? Is yeah. he Lord of Riveron now? Is that like Lord Paramount? I guess if it's... I think if he's, he's there famous. just because he's Tully. Yeah. Right, I mean, they run else, out of people with famous last names. Well, it's weird because they call it the Seven Kingdoms or the Six Kingdoms, but there's more than six or seven right. people there. Yep. Right, right, right. But I guess... Um, so they've got Gendry representing Storm's End. They've got Brienne, I guess, is representing Tarth. It's a pretty big part of the Stormlands. Um, they've got uh, the Dornish Prince. They've got... I Tali, think that's a Manderley. Robin Aaron. Robin Aaron. The Robin. Vale, uh, Royce from the Vale. Um, I guess the other couple yeah, of guys yeah. are maybe from the Reach or... I think one of, I think one of them is a Manderley because I seem to remember him. Being oh, in the... okay. oh, did they have the guy with the big white beard and hair? Manderley? Mm, I don't maybe I'm wrong. Unless he's he had, like long away. white hair and big yeah. long white beard. They've got Tyrion from the Westerlands. Another one of them might might have been from the Westerlands. I think they were just filling out the yeah. sense, basically. Yeah, they look. Yeah. Most of the unnamed ones look like Northern lords, which I guess <laughs> makes sense. I don't know, but who knows? Yeah. 
The other thing is this scene also made me do another one of my little logic questions of, okay, so wait a minute. John kills her, and then what happens? Because presumably Grey Worm would have just fucking killed him right there. Like, not th- oh, let's throw him in prison for a while. And wait, now I want to kill him, but let me wait and get permission from... Like, that That didn't make any sense to me, but that's fine, because obviously you're not going to kill John. But, like, it didn't make any sense how this yeah, happened. I don't really know like, what Grey Worm did <laughs> after that. Like, did yeah. he... What did like, what were they doing? Like just, were they just biding I'm the just time until you something happened? Yeah. yeah. Right. Like they waited until oh wait a minute, we're gonna do nothing and oh wait, now the north have marched their troops down, which apparently like just happened, I don't know. Or is that the troops that were already there that have yeah. now left her? I don't know. It's also unclear I mean, I guess like why would there was no actual evidence that Danny was dead, but maybe John confessed because <laughs> Uh, he would, because would, would, right? Yeah, I mean, but he like we wouldn't lie once they caught him. Um, no, he he would never lie. But it's, He's yeah, it's, it's like what what is the great what is the sort of unsullied sort of mentality once that happens? Because literally, she is the only person they take orders from. I guess they know that Danny has allies. That Sansa represents a pretty big part of Danny's force, maybe. So he was waiting for some of her allies. Like the, I guess they say, Yara and the Dornish Prince had declared for her. So maybe he was waiting for them to come to some sort of decision. So it kind of makes sense. That it's just this it's a bit gray weird though because we don't know how long how much time passed. Yeah, uh, nothing about this scene makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's still enjoyable, people? but it doesn't make sense. Yeah, I mean, well, I don't know, but I enjoyed it. You don't sure. Have... I just imagine Did... Jon Snow locked himself in a cell. Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? Right? I can see him uh, doing I'm, that. I'm, I'm turning myself in. I'm guilty. I murdered my aunt. And I'm a bastard. No, I'm not a bastard. <laughs> Battlefield. Did everyone did everyone cringe when Dan, uh, Sam started talking about democracy? Because I was just oh, like, oh. I was oh, happy. Yeah. I was glad it felt so... I, well, it made sense for the only one from the Night's Watch besides John to have said that, because the Night's Watch actually has sort of democracy, so... Yeah, I'm surprised he didn't bring that up as, like... I don't know. It felt so shoehorned in. And then also when uh, Yara rolled her eyes at, like, that, right. I was like, doesn't the Iron Islands kind yeah. of have that in their tradition well but only if you're the captain of a boat so that only not everyone gets to vote just the important people except it's not the lords it's the captains but she understands like america i guess she understands the concept but maybe it's yeah it's just so foreign to them i mean i think that was making fun of of what a lot of people predicted might might happen exactly but they sort of ended up doing a version of it i guess rather than they would elect a king rather than being uh, constitutional but only the lords get right only the lords get to it's, yeah, a, it's a constitutional it's, monarchy? Question mark. Well, yeah, it's, it's sort. I mean, it's monarchy? basically, yeah, it's basically yeah. what all the free cities have. I mean, they pretty much all just elect gotcha. a I guess. prince or a, yeah. Who who a who person. decided that these these nine people are the ones would be in charge? That was those are the like the only lords left. Yeah, they decided for themselves. Right, yes. Yeah, what Stark seems to be overwhelmingly overrepresented. Well, yeah, which is ironic given that they end up leaving. <laughs> Like, let's put our own guy in charge, who's now the king of a country he's not technically a citizen of anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's like the Electoral College thing. Like, why does the Stormland get three votes? Why does the North get three yeah, votes? Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> like, also, like, Iron Islands only get one. Isn't it like when uh, when the first King George or whatever came to power in England and, like, he didn't even speak English? Like, he's just from Germany. And so everyone was like, we don't know what you're saying. So, like... Someone else basically uh, yeah. rules in his stead. Is that basically what Bran is? Yeah, we don't know. We don't know what you're saying, but you're not Catholic, so that works. You know, <laughs> basically how that went. 
And meanwhile, Bran manipulates himself into being king because apparently he knows what's going on. That when he, you know, when he said, I can, when he said, um, why do you think I came all this way? I feel like he was saying that from the tree, not just from the north. You know, why do you think I was coming all this way? Because I knew I was going to be king. Because I already saw it. Brad, Machiavellian master. Right. This whole thing. Fran is like (laughs) the perfect example of like failing upwards, like literally doing nothing and just biding your time (laughs) until someone gives you a promotion. Because you're the only. Did you hear? Did you hear? Linda of Westeros had her own like brilliant like how I would love to have seen this end like not real but like on the show because she hates the show so much now. She said, "Wouldn't it have been great if after all those scenes of the Starks in the North, we see Bran on the throne and then he opens his eyes and they're blue? (laughs) Like he (laughs) he really is the Night King and something like that. That would have been a funny ending. Also, like, what's the point of having the North split off if the rest of the kingdom is also ruled by a Stark?" Right, that's what I was getting at. Like, like he's not even technically a citizen anymore. So why he gets to rule a country he's not even a part of. So basically, the Starks now rule the Wall. If you assume that he is the the head of the um, what do you call it? The, the head of the Night of the Night's Watch, and they rule the North, and they rule the Seven Kingdoms. So pretty much they got it all. There's got to be a Stark going Esso sooner, right? or maybe maybe Arya will end up in like a shy, and she'll take over that. <laughs> yeah, Starks rule the world. Righteous hustlers. Yeah. <laughs> it's the nice kind of paternalism. I mean, does not, it... Not only really that, sense? they're all under 20. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Basically kids. Right. I mean, it, it doesn't kind of make sense for the North to have been an independent kingdom. It's something they've been really, really pushing on the show. And even in the books, hasn't been that big a deal. I mean, Torrance Stark kneeled. More so, I mean, if anything should... If anyone shouldn't have been a part of it, it should have been Dort, right? But... But the good thing about it, it allows us to have Sansa as the queen in the north, which, you know, you had to have. And I think I, even yes. if that's not going to happen in the books, if, if that like that's one change I could see them doing in the show only because of all the criticism of Sansa's arc and the rape and all that stuff. So I could see that even if George wasn't doing it, they might be like, you know what, we'll, we'll do this change. I uh... hope so. maybe we'll go there in the books. I don't know. But I could see if that is a change. That's the one I could see them really doing, like the big one. Yeah. That sounds, well, that sounds awful i'm not saying it's a good justification i'm just saying i can see that's why they do it yeah (laughs) well it's the continuous apology they've been doing ever since then where they're like all right we've got to make sansa really really awesome to make up for this so and i'll say in terms of not kneeling i mean they say in that scene that bran can't sire children so he's only king for as long as he lives so you know why why do you want to then it'd be a lot harder to, to secede in 40 years or 50 years or whatever when Bran dies than it would be to go ahead and do it now. I feel like this has been all fought by Brendan Rivers. There you go. Take the there you go. never take. Right. It's back on the th- it's protege is back on the throne. One little yeah. moment in there I like too was um was Bran appointing Tyrion his hand, not because of the good things, but to fix the mistakes he's made, like almost as a punishment, which mm. is I, I that was nicely ironic that he gets the power he always wanted. He we always I always kind of suspected he'd end up the hand of whoever, right? But he gets it actually as a punishment, was kind of neat. Mm. It didn't really sound yeah. like a punishment though. I was like yeah. when Bran was mistakes. like but Bran was like, this is your punishment. And I was like, Tyrion already had this job, though. It wasn't a punishment the first time he had it. What do you guys think yeah. the new throne is going to be? Just a wheelchair. Just Will there even be one? I know. Do they need one? I mean... It's only six kingdoms now. <laughs> right. But I mean, it's just a symbol. 
And it's a symbol. I mean, if anything, I think it would make sense to not have one now, like to get rid of that symbol because it was used so badly recently. You know, mm-hmm. filled one out of snow. The orange would probably just ask to be independent right after Starks. Right. Exactly. <laughs> no, Anyone too late. You said I can never be independent now. Right. No take back, please. Yep. They just totally right. wrote Dawn out of, the, out of the show. Right, right, right. I still want to know who the hell that is. Manwoody. Manwoody is the solution. It's either a Manwoody, a Dane, Confirm. or a... What's the other one? Ironwood. I was wondering if the fact that Bran becomes king gives any meaning to the Night King's attempt to kill Bran. Like, he knew he would eventually become the king, and he was, like, trying to strike the heart of of the human kingdoms or something like that. I don't know. It's just a weird theory. That could work. I mean, maybe they could have explained that. But it's almost like a a predestinational thing, where, like, by trying to kill him and giving him all this importance (laughs) is the justification for making him king. Maybe that's what the Night King wanted all along, was he just was really pushing Bran to become king. To give him this (laughs) awesome story that would make him legendary, (laughs) so he would ascend to the throne. (laughs) That was the plan all along. I I love that we're trying to give the showrunners reasons and I've been doing it too, so that's fine. <laughs> but I'm actively wait, wait, I figured it out. I figured it out. I figured it out. I just had an epiphany that probably 100 people have pointed out already. That's, so yeah. Bran the Builder built the wall. Bran the Broken became the king after the wall broke. Boom. Ooh. I did it. I solved it. I'm going with that. I like it. I saw on Twitter someone was like, Deep. why did they call him Bran the Broken when Raven Bran was, was on the table? <laughs> <laughs> But it's not brand. You can't do brand the something. You all have to brand the something. Right, right. That's you think works. he'll ever find Drogon? Will he find Drogon? He was looking. Uh, well, that that's the next scene. But um, oh, what did you think about like Tyrion's little speech about like we crave stories and that's how we give meaning to the world and that's how sort of power is sewn up and structured. That's. It sounds like a writer trying to justify his job. Yeah. <laughs> it was weird. My job is actually important. I'm, yeah, exactly. I was just surprised. I was surprised Grey Worm didn't like smack him because Tyrion yeah. was talking. Grey Worm's like, stop talking. And then Tyrion's like, I will stop talking. And now I'm going to talk for another 10 minutes. And now I'm going to enter a right. monologue. <laughs> <laughs> if they want people to, like, who can tell a good story, they should make Sam the king. Right. Yeah. Well, he's, the or, uh, he's, got, he's got the book that we're going to get to later. I would, I would kind of love if he'd said, like, stories are power, and Sansa had just been like, no, power is power. Bring up little I thought it was a bit clunky, but I, I did kind of like how it was connected to Danny's memories of the Iron Throne. Like, it's this, it's this thing that she's idolized and dreamed about for so long, and she just, it was like cemented in her mind that she would sit upon it one day, and that just justified right. all of her decisions. And like mm-hmm. it, she had such a clear view of her destiny that that's where she was going to end up. That that sort of pushed everything else aside. And she reflects that in John, like you were a bastard. You thought you were nothing, but but you were meant to be here. Um, so I, that was kind of interesting. Although it was kind of I liked how she never actually sat on the throne. Like she never actually completed mm-hmm. her story or whatever. Oh, that's true. She she touched it. She held it for a minute. But <laughs> yeah, no one actually sat on it one last time. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, that's all I had to say on the council. It was weird. I kind of, I'm still kind of into it. I don't know why. I just like, I've just become I so like zen it. on the by the final episode. I'm yeah, like, whatever. Exactly. Well, I preferred this to uh, what, what came before. This was very weirdly campy. And, and it's funny. <laughs> yeah. Like there were cracking jokes and stuff. It was a bit of a bit of catharsis yeah. after the really heavy scene before. Right. Sit down, Edmure. <laughs>
<laughs> harsh. Right. All right, let's uh, go yeah, to the final section of the episode and the series. So Tyrion, the new hand of the king, gathers his small council, which includes Davos, Lord Bronn, Sir Brienne, <laughs> and Maester Samwell to discuss how to rebuild the city that they just blew up. Sam presents them with the Citadel's accounts of the events following the death of King Robert, entitled A Song of Ice and Fire. Apparently, tits and dragons was taken. Uh, <laughs> King Bran tells them that if they need anything, he'll be in his room binging wereflicks, but to please knock <laughs> before entering. Uh, meanwhile, the North remains an independent kingdom, and Sansa is crowned its queen. Arya sails west to quote-unquote discover the new world, and most importantly... <laughs> 11 out of 10, Dire Papa Ghost finally gets the nuzzle he's been waiting two seasons for. Yay! A man and his wolf wander north into the great unknown. The end. Can I point the one scene you missed in there? Because it's an important one. Yeah. Brienne writing about Jamie. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Because that's, <laughs> that's one we have to talk about. That yeah. was sweet. Really sweet. He died protecting his queen. Right, yeah. That was really sweet. And that kind of connects to the story yeah. analogy as well. Like, right. you know, what are we if not how we're remembered by others and our stories give meaning to our life. And she wanted to, like, capture some part of Jamie that she that she saw. And, like, even though it was sad the way he went, he kind of, he did affect the world in some good ways and some bad ways. Did any of you out. actually read those pages, by the way? Because there's a page for Barristan. Yeah. Um, there, was, there was stuff on um, Arthur Dane and all that. So I thought it was kind of cool. That Barristan got at least a little shout out in the finale, so that was nice. I'm, yeah, I'm sure that actor was at home upset. I know, <laughs> pissed off, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I was kind of. I was really hoping that Brienne would write like that. He was that Jamie was the first Lord Commander to shag his replacement. I was gonna say he was good in bed. <laughs> yeah. Or is me child support? <laughs> Did y'all see she had a? I was trying to figure out what was on her armor, and I had to look on the internet. It was a little raven. On like the the neck part of her armor. Is that the new cool. uh, brand's that new gonna... sigil? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. Because I was trying to figure out. I was like, is it a wolf or no, it, was a, it was a raven? So that's that's cool, I guess. Yeah. I, I love that she's the head of the King's Guard, and that Pod is in the King's Guard too. Apparently, Pod gets I a happy mean... end. Tyrion's not in the Song of Ice and Fire book. <laughs> Which one? That was weird. Yeah, like he was what the king's hand. He was the hand of the king three times. I know that's ridiculous. If Tyrion isn't in the right. book, like he's a major player throughout and, all the events, and so it must be Tyrion a terribly have, written history book. Then, right? Doesn't Tyrion actually have more chapters in the actual Song of Ice and Fire than any other character? Maybe John, but I think I think he has the most. Yeah, him or John. So in the actual. Yeah. I, I actually did cry during this scene too because um when Tyrion was like setting up the chairs, I had like flashbacks <laughs> to Les Miserables, empty chairs and empty tables, which always makes me cry. And I was like, oh my ah. gosh, empty chairs, empty tables. But then I was I don't know why, but it just was like I was like, ah, Les Mis, and then I started to get emotional about Les Mis. So <laughs> it was, wasn't it a flashback? Wasn't it a flashback yeah. to when he was hand he did he did that at one of the meetings? Before everyone got there, he moved. It was after Tywin already returned, and then there was chair shenanigans. Right, Bronn, who seems to be the biggest winner of the show, right? I mean, he went from from a cell, you know, basically a sellsword to Lord of the Reach and the Master of Coin. He's on the he's on the council. He's like everything now. Like he's the richest man in the kingdom. 
Well, because apparently there's no one in the reach. Because remember, they offered the um, the Unsullied to go in there. Like, hey, there's yep. no one living there, so you could just sort of have it. And and in fact, Bron got it instead. Mm-hmm. So Tyrion kept his word. How does Bron know about like finances? Isn't that something you yeah. you learn yeah. as like a lord or like a like a lady of the house? Isn't that the the duty? Like you know, like I just feel like if you're a not a, a noble person by birth, like right. who's gonna teach you that? Yeah, uh, I mean, that kind of made no sense to me, but it's. I mean, he's not really doing complicated finance. He just is the richest person, and he's loaning them money or not, depending on if he likes what they're doing. Well, if you're in charge of the okay. reach, you have most of the money in the kingdom, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, with <laughs> no, how I, Lan- people the Lannisters don't. Right, there's no people left. Yeah. Lannisters right. don't have gold, or we're not really sure if Tyrion's their lord or what. But I mean, you think the a, their minds ran out. I feel like there's a conflict of interest if he's like borrowing money on behalf of the estate from himself. Like he's only going to loan them things that personally yeah. benefit him. But that's exactly what Littlefinger did. So yeah, but he wasn't well, the master of coin was the in money, charge was of. He? Yeah, he would. Yeah, I thought the master of coin was in charge of finding the money for. Um, the king, like for the, the the king, but it didn't have to come from their own personal. Yeah, little thing uh, it didn't. Uh, basically, the IRS. It's the IRS. Well, yeah, that's what taxes are for. That's what. The, yeah, that's why he needs to know about finances. He's got to be able to tax. I thought he borrowed. Unless from, there's like, no taxes. I thought he borrowed from like the Iron Bank and the and the Lannisters and the Faith. Yeah, yeah. that's what he did. Yeah. yeah. And Sam's now the Grand Maester, even though he's not actually a Maester because he never finished his thing. Unless there's like months in between where he went and got got his chain, but well, he's got one little link. Did he actually earn a link back then? I don't think he did. I think they I showed think him with one. one. I think they showed him with one link after okay. the flash forward. Maybe they gave those him an honorary one. <laughs> those poor I mean, Maesters at the Citadel who've been like working for fifty years to right? become Grand Maester. <laughs> <laughs> Sucking nerds. <laughs> all the Grand Maesters get murdered. I think they're most of them want to just chill at the Citadel. Yeah. I don't know why they're still at King's Landing, though. Why don't they just build a smaller castle somewhere? Or, or yeah, another yeah. Castle? It's like ruined. Everyone's dead. It's like a ghost town. Maybe it's easier to fix a broken building than to build a new one? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, it took, it took 40 years to build the Red Keep or whatever, so... I. Maybe. Maybe it'll only take 10 to fix it. 10 to fix yeah. it. Do you think the Iron Bank are going to come knocking on Bron's door about like the Golden <laughs> right. Company loads? They forgot about the Iron Bank. Right. They've forgotten about the Golden Company. It's only been I know, right? <laughs> right. Did Did Cersei, when she paid off the Iron Bank, did she, did she have extra gold for the Golden Company or did she borrow more? Did she pay them off? I thought it was because they got all that gold from the reach. I thought it was she just paid off the debts and then they extended the credit, which allowed them to rent the army. But maybe yeah. she had extra money to actually just purchase the army outright. I mean, it was kind of dumb that Cersei paid off the Iron Bank because they had to keep funding her because they could. I mean, they could not have enforced the uh, enforced the debt or collected the debt on uh, on Danny. I mean, what are you going to say? Well, we loaned it to the Iron Throne, and you have it now, even though you defeated the person they, that we loaned it to. You know, it, they've, it done it Not, they've done it before. Not uh, well. They back the competitor that wins, but if you don't back the competitor that wins, I don't know how you enforce that. But on another note, I was going to say I like that the way they show who is Lord of what is just they wear the coat of someone from before. <laughs> like Bronn is wearing uh, Loras's yeah. coat and. <laughs> Um, and uh, whoever that is in Dorne, yeah, he's got Oberyn's coat. <laughs> whoever that is, we still don't know. Yeah, 
The Man Woody. Mr. Man Woody. We need to give Man Woody a first name. What's his name? What do we want? What do we want the Prince Richard. of Dorne to be called? Richard. <laughs> Richard Man Woody. Dick. He's it's, if he's gonna be a man, what he's gonna be a dick, right? Yeah, hundred percent. Dick on, dick on, <laughs> dick off, dick on. Or Percy. <laughs> Percy. I I just thought of a really off-color joke about the Iron Bank, but I don't know if I can say it. <laughs> right, I, know, I, think I like... just said a pretty bad one. So, so this is Vox. Okay. Um, you were like, "How are they gonna collect the debt?" And I was like, "They can threaten to break Brand's kneecaps, but that doesn't matter." Oh. Oh. Well, they can't assassinate Brand. He'll always see it coming. They can just have recruit Brand to like tell them what stocks to invest in the future. You know. Any thoughts on Sansa, Queen in the North? Aria. I don't Aria was she's like, no one's ever been west of Westeros. I was like, wouldn't that just be east? Like eventually you just go <laughs> well, east. We do we do they know that the earth's round? I'm not sure that's clear, but they don't. is the earth round? <laughs> but I mean can, can I, they I, see the, the horizon and understand that there's a curve or whatever? I don't know how science works, I but I think that's the I need to brag here though, because this was the one theory I got right, <laughs> which is I don't know if you remember back when uh, Fire and Blood came out, we read about Alyssa Farman, who was having an affair with one of the queens. And eventually they were forced. She was forced to leave and break it off. But she stole uh, the three dragon eggs that we assume became Danny's. She sold it in um, Bravos, which is presumably where Illyrio gets it later to give to Danny and uh, bought a fleet of ships and then sailed west and went west of Westeros. And I remember when the book came out, my first thought was, and I'm, I'm not the only one, I can't take credit completely for this, but that this is totally foreshadowing of Arya. Um, and so I, and I, and I don't think I ever said in a Kraken cast prediction, but I'm pretty sure I did in the Fire and Blood cast. So I, I was said so the moment I read that, I was like, this is Arya, please end that way. And admittedly, it's like nothing new. Cause I mean, on, on some, some level that's Frodo too. And, but I, I was hoping that was going to be Arya's end. And the moment she said, I'm not going North. I was like, yes, please, please getting a boat, get a boat. And she did. And I was very happy. So one prediction I wanted to come true, and it did. So I was happy with that. Well done, David. <laughs> I think, was this referenced in season six? Wasn't she talking to the actress of that play? And this, this comes up about yeah. what's west of Westeros? Because I couldn't really yeah, lady, figure out what, why, why she decided to go. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah I, yeah. I think yeah. it's something to do with that, because otherwise it's a bit random. Yeah. <laughs> well, she's never really, like, sailed before. I mean, I guess right, one right, trip sure. across, or a couple trips across the narrow sea, and she's... Yep. Yeah, it, it sort yeah. of echoes the I final saying- shot of season four where she's, a, she's I was on the boat say that. sailing across the sea and she runs to the front and I think even the same theme plays which is the children yeah. in both yep. scenes I was surprised the Starks have a boat like have a have a, a naval whatever it was like a Stark boat and I was like they're not near the sea but Okay. Right. Well, they're going to have to have one now because the North has its own uh, is its own country, so they're going to need their own navy. Yeah, they have <laughs> ships. They've got the White Harbor. Medellin. White Harbor. Yeah. It's a, it's a terrible place to leave from if you're sailing west. Though. Well, yeah. I'm sure they have them on the west coast as well. Do they? <laughs> like the stony shore. Oh, uh, maybe like Bear Island or maybe they built it on Bear Island. Yeah. yeah. There we go. There's no there's no Mormont anymore, I guess. I know. Well, they don't need their ships then. Well, there's some cousin somewhere, some nephew. Yeah. And then the final scene is, uh, oh, what do you think of the little montage? This isn't something we've seen before. I like the. I had this like thought that it was like, obviously it would not have happened. But when John was walking through the 
the, the row of wildlings, I thought that, that it was like going to be in Titanic at the end yeah. when Rose dies <laughs> and then Jack is there. And Twilight. I thought that Egret was going to be there. Aww. And I, was, I knew that was so not possible, but my brain was like, oh my gosh, they're going to have Egret. Like it's going to happen. <laughs> but yeah. it didn't happen. You know what? We got Torment and we got Ghost. That's all I needed. Well, I'm glad we got at least one more moment of Torment. Well, two actually. And we got Ghost and we got the everyone cheer for scene where ghost gets pet did you hear about the like conspiracy theory online that uh people are saying that that scene was actually like taken from season four and some people think that after we all bitched about it a few weeks ago that they like quickly added this in and like just took that from that episode or whatever i don't think it's actually true but it's interesting that like there's actually like articles online about this well if they did i'm glad they did because we needed closure exactly because that was like that devastated me No, I think it made sense that it was already planned to have that scene because John sent Ghost North and, I don't know, gave John something to look forward to when he right. had to rejoin the Night's Watch to be reunited with Ghost, who is totally not salty at all about being replaced by <laughs> right. a dragon. Right, right. <laughs> have you heard, in, they said the reason that they didn't have him petting Ghost back then is because um, apparently the cost of having the wolves interact with people in the CGI is way more expensive and way more time-consuming, and they just couldn't do it in that episode. And they didn't say this at the time. Right, and they didn't say this at the time, but presumably they were saving that money and time to do it right in the finale. So they did do it right in the end, even if they kind of fucked it up before. Well, whatever the reason, I actually do think it's a nice payoff because I was really annoyed at the time, but it actually sort of plays into the idea that John was like rejecting his stark identity and rejecting the North and having to go South. And now he's like reclaiming it and he's back where he kind of belongs. I guess it's kind of sullen that he's having to go back there, but it is kind of where he's been his happiest. Right. Where, where, Where there's not a single person that's a friend of his that he knows anymore because they're all dead that or at least every character who had a name that we knew up there is dead but other than torment are there only like three members of the night's watch left or something because it Basically. looked like only wildlings and then those two guys that led him up north I guess it's basically just a convict colony now. Yeah. Like, they don't actually do anything other than just to stay <laughs> Australia. in their own home. Well, that's what I was yeah, wondering. Like, Australia. what's the point of it now? Who are they protecting them from? We like, we at least for now, we like the wildlings. There's no White Walkers. Like, what is the point of the Night's Watch now? I guess it's just a border. Maybe to, like... It's like Border Patrol. Yeah, maybe it's like a... Uh, what is it called? Um... They're like ambassadors for the wildlings to set up trade. You know, not ambassadors. I can't think of the word right now. But, you know, they're going to create a, an alliance with the wildlings and mm-hmm. be, be buds now, yeah. the north and the wildlings. Which is cool. Which also like brings that. up an interesting question. So, John, they all make this agreement to shut the Unsullied up, right? We're going to send John up north. Well, as soon as the Unsullied leave, because they're going to Noth, right? Oh, thank you. We, 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 we were hoping that that's where, he, where Grey Worm was going to go. Although, hopefully, the butterflies won't kill everyone. Um, but so John goes up north and, you know, maybe he takes the, uh, takes the wildlings back up north and then what's to stop him from going back to Winterfell? It's a different country now. They don't have to agree with this. They could be like, sure, whatever. He's now back home. Fuck you. (laughs) The Um, Unsullied aren't even there to know. They're um, not even on the continent anymore. Well, that would create a (laughs) diplomatic incident. With with who? Not? With who? The Unsullied aren't there anymore. 
Brand's yeah, not going to okay. care. Brand's the king. He's not going to care. Yeah, but so who's technically create a new incident? No, but if he's sentenced there, then he has to fulfill his sentence. Otherwise, it like challenges the king's law. Right, except there is the no north king's has law because they're in the north. The north, but the north is now a separate country, so any ro- any laws in Westeros don't apply anymore. Yeah, but it would be like if you yeah, if it... you extradite if the, someone committed a crime and went to another country, they extradited them and then they didn't serve a jail sentence or something. Yes, technically it's legal, but it would still create a international incident. Right, but the only reason we he got that sentence was to shut the shut the unsullied up who are gone, who are not citizens of the country, who are completely now on an island of butterflies. Yeah, but it was a sentence so... passed for a murder committed against a monarch, so it was still rendered according to the king's law. But the king of a country he's not in is my point. And if you sentence someone <laughs> yeah, to the like Night's that, Watch yeah. and they don't fulfill their vows, then it also delegitimizes the Night's Watch. Right. Yeah, it'd be like if someone committed a crime in the U.S., went to Canada, the U.S friends with Canada. Canada can't just be like, well, uh, he's he's in Canada now, so uh, screw our, you know, alliance. But my point <laughs> is that no one no one in King's Landing or in the North actually wants this. The only people who want this are the people who are not citizens of any of these countries. It That's sets a precedent, it. though, for uh, <laughs> like the common folk to not murder people, because <laughs> murder is bad. Right. And is and is and is now King's Landing going to send people through a completely different country to guard a border to another country? Because that's kind of what the you know what I mean. Like they're border patrol, but that would be for the north. Remember, this is now a different country. They yeah, did sorry. for a long time before. I mean, before the Targaryens got there. I'm assuming it wasn't just Northmen on the wall. Oh yeah, that, if they, if they had ten thousand. Technically, I think the wall is like almost a different country, or it's considered like a different legal entity to the north. Yes. <laughs> So you can I still send them question. from any part of the world. Even if it has no purpose now. <laughs> I, I don't, well, I'd also say... T- it has a different purpose, Go maybe. Go ahead, Abby. Is the Northern Kingdom just called the North? Because I was yes. like thinking about it. Like People in, in Westeros, are they like, oh, I'm going North, as in just like, you know, like heading up to Northern Westeros. And then are they like, oh, are you going to... Like, I'm just, you know, it's, it's not a good name. They, they, well, I, just, I don't know. Well, so Gosh. if you're just going like to a more northern part of Westeros, you say the north. But if you're going to the kingdom, you say the north. The north. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Which is confusing because then people think you're talking about north. It really is not a good system. Is Grey Worm just the Unsullied are going there? Did Grey Worm tell so, the captain that and he takes him to White Up? <laughs> Maybe the Unsullied gonna... messed it up all along. They were going to the wrong place. <laughs> they misunderstood. Are the Unsullied just going to take over north by force? Well, they've got Do, one are there night. people living there still? Yeah. They got one night. So the show, the show established the butterfly thing, so they've got one night. Right, <laughs> exactly. Have fun. And then the final shot of the series, I guess, is them all wandering into the haunted forest again. Mm-hmm. Kind of a nice really like echo that. of the first scene yeah. of the, the show, but much more right. so Although, happy and hopeful now. I watch everything with um, subtitles on, and so the subtitle is... Uh, like Game of Thrones choral singing and all I could think of was that South Park episode where it's like wiener, 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 wiener. (laughs) But I really, I thought it was really nice. That made me happy and I cried. (laughs) Yeah, it was good. I mean, it's a good ending. I think I've been the one all season who's cried the most in each episode and I didn't cry too much in this one. I was surprised actually. I mean, Ghost got me and I'm trying to think if anything else did. Ghost definitely did. Ghost, Ghost got me because I heard him before I saw him. You can hear him like panting, uh, and then John turns to him and like, "Yes, he's uh, here." Yeah. I mean, it's a cheap shot just to use animals to get reaction, emotional reactions out of people. 
I'm okay yeah. with it. Yeah, but it works. With ghosts, I'm okay with it. With yeah, ghosts, no, I'm okay with it. No, it's fine. <laughs> That's like the you know when they kill the dog because they know people will get emotional. No. People will be like, oh, it got me. And Ghost was the only. Oh no, I guess there's still Nymeria. There's two direwolves right. left in the world. Who we never did get back. We were wondering yeah. if we were going to see her again, and apparently not. We saw her. <gasps> oh, we've got some right. doggy cam on the Skype. Is that your doggy <laughs> cam? <laughs> yep. Yeah, I just thought you, she said you used a dog for emotional reaction, so and I thought did. this uh, pitiful face would get Abby. Aww. Yeah, you got me. <laughs> she looks like she's going to cry right there. <laughs> That's the face I get when I'm laying on the couch not playing with her. Oh. How dare you podcast instead of playing with her? Yeah, well, I played with her most of, like, from 5 to 6 a.m. She was all about it. Sorry, Duncan. Was she excited? Was that... this. Yeah, sorry, Duncan. Uh, it's too late now. <laughs> yeah, she was excited I was not, like, I was moving from 5 a.m. to 6 a.m. She's like, this is exciting time. You normally You're just lay there. You're not You're not yeah. asleep. <laughs> all right, well, that's it. That's the oh. end of Game of Thrones. What do we do now? Oh. We wait we, for, uh... We wait for the, the books. The, no, 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 and no. What's re-reading. the? Oh, sorry. Oh, what's yeah. the, the prequel? The prequel series doesn't have a name yet. That I'm doesn't have a name probably yet. not going to watch because I don't really care. But <laughs> there, yeah, they they talked about it as the Long Night, but I'm not sure if that as is actually proceeding. I heard somewhere that it might have stalled. I also think that's uh, what your what George wants it to be called, but I don't exactly. think the right. HBO wants it to be called that. <laughs> right. George exactly. George said that that one is moving along pretty well, and there's two others that that have a good chance yeah he recently released a blog post sort of reflecting on the final episode of the series and he mentions that there are five prequel series or four to five prequel series in production and there's other adaptations of some of his other works i think one has been greenlit like right. like they have the director oh, and everything casting. and then i th- they're casting yeah, yeah yeah and then there's there's a couple that are um being tossed around i think Oh, okay. Yeah. They might not be in production. They might just be being right. oh, no, yeah. developed or whatever. The thing is, George is the only one talking about these other ones. Like, no, no, these are going to happen. These are going to happen. We're, we're working on it. And every, like HBO is kind of like, you know, we got one. Let, let's, let's see how this one goes, and then we'll talk. So I yeah. think George is being a little optimistic here. Maybe. Hopefully yeah. he's right. We've sort of wondered what his thoughts on the series were, if he's kind of cooled on it. And he obviously hasn't been as involved in the last couple of seasons. But he was pretty, like, complimentary to it overall and to D&D the post yeah it's it's given him a new uh a new fan base like mm. i mean i i certainly would not have gotten involved in the books if i yep. hadn't been forced to watch the show by a friend like i was not yeah. even interested at all because i don't even like fantasy so yeah no i definitely came to these books from the show you know in in that post i posted just before i watched it i said you know Game of Thrones brought me to Song of Ice and Fire. Song of Ice and Fire brought me to the podcast of Ice and Fire. Podcast of Ice and Fire brought me to Vassals of Kingsgrave. And here we are. Yeah. I mean, it's been a cultural phenomenon. Like, no other series yeah. has had this Especially- much conversation about it. And um, it's one of those shows. Yeah, everyone is talking about it every week. Everyone is constantly speculating about it. Mm-hmm. Everyone is praising it and reviling it at different points. Um, but right. it just it captured the consciousness, and now it's over. We, we can't really speculate anymore. 
there's a full well, stop and um yeah we came for the books <laughs> we, we came, came for, for the, the books book. and that was one something that martin kind of touched upon that he said you know this is not my ending but it is an ending and some of the things that happen in the show <laughs> will happen in the books and some things will ha- won't happen and some things will happen differently but he emphasized the point that they're two different mediums the way it was portrayed might be the same in fact but it'll be portrayed in a completely different way in written form right. and obviously he'll have a lot more time to develop it <laughs> Uh, assuming they actually come out, which is always <laughs> exactly. which is becoming increasingly uh, distressing whether it'll come out. But he was pretty confident, like he said, the Winds of Winter will definitely come out, which I'm going to take as hopeful. I, I, yeah, I we definitely all... think the Winds of Winter will come out. Dream of Spring, not, yeah. not even anticipating. I, maybe the editor yeah. will publish the, the notes. The problem is that the sample chapters are so good. If they were right. boring and bad, like a lot of the chapters in Feast Dance, like I might not be as excited. Not bad, but just kind of meandering and, and setting things up. But they are like genuinely exciting and and so different and so refreshing. Well, of course, part of that's because some of these preview chapters were actually the end endings of the last book. So. <laughs> like, like you can sort of see how some of the same plot beats exist in the show. But they're told in such a different way. Like the sort of interaction yeah. Arya has in Bravos is a, right. has a few of the similar right. aspects. Some aspects of well, actually no, I mean Euron is completely different in the show. He doesn't resemble yep, right. book counterpart at all. So right. Um, so Thankfully. I have hope that it is going to be a, a different story. But at the same time, yeah, like I mean, a lot of the things that we see in this episode are really exciting to me, and I want to see George's take on them. Hopefully, one right. day. Right. I mean, I, I agree with Abby. I think we are definitely going to get wins at some point because I think he's already probably, you know, I mean, I don't know how far it's 70, 80, 90 percent. We can hope more, but I feel he's already a good chunk through it and he's not going to give up on it after that. I don't know. I mean, you know, is he going to go for writing a Duncan egg? He's even said that, like, originally we thought he was going to keep going. Uh, you know, is he going to go for fire and blood, too? I hope not, even though I do want to see it eventually. You know, I want him to finish these books, and I, I think he's going to find an excuse not to, and then it'll just never happen. And I'm sad about that, because I want to see his... I want to see how he deals with Crazy Danny, Mad Queen Danny, and... Oh, I want to well. see how John's Targaryen-ness is actually relevant to the plot, because... Right, yep. <laughs> in the end, it kind of isn't. It, it kind just, of isn't in the show. For them, it basically is just a reason for them not to fuck, which is what pisses her off, so... And a reason for her to go crazy, yeah. Right. So it's a plot device. Yep. Yeah, in the end. A telltale Targaryen. <laughs> I think the end of the show is in many ways like a conclusion to a lot of our journeys because a lot of us did start with the show and it provides some degree of closure even though we have very mixed feelings on the show in general. But mm-hmm. I think the Winds of Winter will be the bigger closure because I think that's the real weight we've had between books. Um, we've mm-hmm. all... That like the podcast was born in that weight, in that kind of long night, and, and a lot of, lot of the big <laughs> podcasts and a big a lot of the commentators and, and big writers in the A Song of Ice and Fire was born both during the show but also during the big wait between A Dance with Dragons and The Winds of Winter. So we will continue talking and obsessing and discussing and speculating. None of that will end, even though the show is over. The book and rereading will go on. <laughs> and rereading, yeah. Any more final thoughts on yeah. the uh, on the show? I'm just really excited for all my friends to actually start reading the books like they all said they were going to now because they they were disappointed with the show. So I wonder if it's going to be the opposite If people will be like, you know, I was going to read it, but now that never mind. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to watch The Witcher coming up. Well, I I originally didn't want to read the books because I didn't want to ruin the show because I really liked the show. And then. Right. 
then I stopped liking the show, and so yeah. the books the books were definitely a improvement because I still like the first four seasons of the show a lot, and everything after that is kind of for all their failures. I've I've enjoyed the show start to finish. I I mean, never not everything was as good as it could have been, and certainly we we've discussed in detail at least for the last two seasons I have with you all the many ways in which it has failed or hasn't done so well. But overall, it's still one of the most enjoyable shows on television. I I, it, I don't think there'll ever be anything like it again, you know, this big and this crazy. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. But I, I, I loved it. I had a great time with it. I'm sad it's over. <laughs> so I think As I... we go on, queen. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but Vox... Flashbacks to high school graduation. Yeah, you're gonna close this podcast out with good riddance. No, I have like, a you know, I have like a better, more kraken esque song to finish. On. <laughs> there we good. Go. Um, but I think I'm like you, Abby. I think to me, the show was in its prime in the first four seasons. Uh, although I will say, my favorite episode of the series was in season five, which is hard, which I loved for all the White Walker stuff, and, and and also Danny meeting Tyrion. I thought was really really well done. Although, ironically, the the show's more popular than it ever was at that time. I mean, even between last season and this season, it's picked up something like 10 million viewers, if you count all the reruns and who watched the it, hype. you know? Well, I think it, the it production worked. has definitely increased and in quality over time. Like, some of the battles that we see in the last few seasons are spectacular. Mm-hmm. I wish we could kind of con- combine the two, like the writing and the acting and the plotting of the first few seasons with the with the money that they had in the last few seasons. <laughs> yeah. But that's okay. Alas... I feel like the focus of the show went the other way. Um, yeah. I wish there was a universe in which um, the show had all the books to work with. Mm. Right. I feel like I agree. For the the producers for all they're being, being vilified right now for admittedly very good reasons. Um, I feel like they did a very good job in adapting the first three books mm. um, overall. Um, and I think that's where the strength lies as producers. Um mm-hmm. And uh, I feel like they they took this show in a direction that became highly problematic. Uh, but in a sense, that's the that's the demon we had to deal with when we, the show itself sort of right. became something that even the show the showrunners and George R. R. Martin could not predict it would become. And, and I think it's also just like a thing with a uh, television in general. I don't know. I, I yeah. every time I watch a, sh- a series that's more than three or four seasons, I always get like burnt out maybe or something but i always just feel like the late like the later seasons are never as strong like like breaking bad i i didn't even finish it i stopped halfway through season four just uh, i felt five was very strong i, I love season four and five, five. they're like my favorite yeah oh yeah, no. <laughs> so your argument is invalid abby <laughs> sorry, oh, sorry. i'm just checking. you're dismissed you're dismissed season six of gossip girl okay was just really bad okay it just you know it ruined all of gossip oh, girl oh yeah on that note, they lost the uh, it's been Bowser fun. Galactica. It's been fun. Right. I gotta get Bye, Kevin. to go to work. Bye. Bye y'all Kevin. have a good one. See you, Kevin. Thank y'all. Have a good day Apologies work. to anyone whose toes I step on. No, you're I fine. I feel like y'all have it. Y'all, it was a lot of fun. We appreciate the dog pitches. Yes, right. very much. I always have plenty of those. And you got to be a Kraken in the end. That's what counts. <laughs> well, you know, I I loved all the podcasts I was on. It's, you, it was fun. You went down with the ship. <laughs> right. I've, yeah, I've yeah. kind of enjoyed how this season there's been some mixing and matching. Like, you know, you did a dragon and Bina did one and, you know, some mixing and matching. I've kind of liked how that's worked this season. It's been kind of fun. I wish I did a dragon. I was on dragon. Well, I know. Yeah. I wanted to. I don't well, know how I ended up on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, it's because they kept doing. I it was during, recruiting like the minute after the show ended. They yeah, would do Dragon Cast some nights, and like so many people stream it, and like because so many people want to be on Dragon Cast, like I understand that completely. That that's sort of a natural way to filter some people out without having to tell anyone no. So is you cut it down to just the people that watch it, you know, right at the moment it comes out. So. I, and I get it. It's really hard to tell people no. Like, that's a tough thing. So uh, I think that's part of the reason they did that. I do feel Anyways. like Kraken Cast has been colonized by Dragon Cast because it started with Australians and now it's all Americans except for me. I don't know how I ended up here. Like, I wake up at five or four o'clock in the morning to be on this podcast. I don't have to do that. We appreciate it. Because the other one was full and we're the only ones with a slot. All right. Bye, Gotta go. See you, Kevin. Bye. Bye. And again, yeah, I think the was... problem we had is that this year, most of the Australian Krakens couldn't make it, which is sad. Yeah. We miss them. I'm glad we could still do it, though. I can pretend to be Australian, but none there of you go. want to hear that. Can you give us your best <laughs> Australian accent? Well, no. you know, I did for the first one. I did the good day and welcome. <laughs> I did it. I can just do, in like, honor. you know, like, good day, mate. But, like, I can't do anything beyond that. Yeah, yeah. Just... Yeah, I, I only was going to play once in high school. I was supposed to be Southern, and I walked on stage, and I had a British accent because I can't do accents. No way. So. Well, Australians are like British kind of Southerners. Okay. <laughs> they, I, literally, in this case, <laughs> at one point at least. Well, that. that's all I've got. <laughs> yep. You have to do your whole finale thingy. Yeah, well, yeah, that concludes Kraken Casts. Not just for this week, not just for the season, but for all time, question mark. Oh. Um. We may get the crew together for future podcasts, like we did a Halloween podcast. Uh, we did like an Australian movie roundtable last year. But um, as for the show goes, that's kind of that's a wrap. Um, I'd like to thank all of the many hosts of Kraken Cast over the years, including uh, Jessica three hundred nine, Chow Gamer, The Reader, Carl Wadeki, Silence, Sil Warbury, Dagos Rivers, Valerian Neal, Jetto Whiteheart, Lady Weaver, uh, and Tendana. And of course, you guys who are who could make it today, including David HHH, Daisy Mormont, Creepy Uncle Kevin, and of course, Shushina, who was with us in the first season. So I'm glad you could be here at the end thing. Um, yeah, so that's our review for the final episode of Game of Thrones. Let us know what you thought on the forums. And this is Kraken Cast signing off. Yeah, thank Bye. you, Duncan. Thanks, Duncan. Thank Bye, you. everyone. Thanks, guys. Hey there, Cthulhu, down there in your sunken city. You're a billion light years distant, and the stars look very pretty from relay. So close and yet so far away. E-R-E-A. Cthulhu Fatagin, or is that Cthulhu Fatine? I can never quite remember, cause I'm not in my right mind since I met you. No one corrupts the way you do You know it's true Oh, it's what you'll do to me Oh, and all humanity Oh, you'll rise up from the sea Oh, kill everyone slowly Except the ones like me Hey there, Cthulhu I've been studying your gospel The Necronomicon It gives me nightmares Something awful where I see The death of all reality It fills me with glee So when the 
stars are right You'll come and do your worst But that's okay Because I know you'll eat the cultists like me first When you get here I know that day is drawing near I have no fear Oh, it's what you'll do to me Oh, and all humanity Slowly, a billion light years seem so far below the sea, beyond the stars of these humans' putrid souls. You'll drink your fill. The fools will all make fun of me, but I'll just laugh maniacally, cause no one's ever suffered like they will. Cthulhu, I can promise you that by the time this cult gets through, the world will never. Really quite a mouthful Can't quite cram it in my noggin Not today I try to say it anyway I feel my soul begin to fray Still I await that fractious day Cthulhu Calais Ha 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 ha!